Everybody, <laughs> my name's Abram Crozier, the pastor of Trinity Southern Baptist Church in Falmouth, Kentucky, population 2000. My name's Brittany Fornage. <laughs> I am the youth leader and administrative assistant. My name's Andrew Baker, worship leader and youth leader here as well. So, how's life going with you guys? It's going good. How's ministry going? It's going great, even better, even better in life. Is it? Oh, yeah. How's church going? Really good. Is this what you tell people when they go, like, how's church going? They, yes, I, like, am. Mm -hmm. I think it's going great. What I tell people, I was like, you I'm know, we're you. pushing on. Because everybody's, like, wanting to know when they Slow ask down. that question. There's a there's an Instagram page called Open Up Church. You should go look at them and follow really? it up. Their goal is to get churches back open. They should be. Really? Yeah. There, there's, there's a bunch of pastors that have said, you know, we're sick of it. We're sick of all these weaklings it's time to be brave go ahead yeah well when but, but explain when our, you ask about ministry everybody ahead. i feel like when they come up to me and like they go to a church they're wanting to know what we're doing because they see time. it they, they see it see anyway it, they want to like, know and i'm just like dude we're like pushing on like right we're back to normal sunday morning sunday on. night yes. wednesday night well youth is rocking we're yes. planning on getting our kids ministry kicked off here in two weeks that's yeah. great yeah I mean, we're literally firing only that, but we're getting our kids' ministry is going to do because if you look at, at, I believe, episode 12, no, episode 13. If you go back to episode 13 of our podcast, you will find out a topic on VBS. And we talked about VBS and how that should look and how it really shouldn't just be one week of the year, but it should be every week of the year. And guess what we a have couple decided? months later. Guess what we have done? We're going to start doing a literally VBS-style kids' ministry every week, week in, week out, all year round. Boom. Started out as just an idea, and here it Started is. Started out as an idea. The, God put the people in place so we could um, put them in the place that they should be. I'm telling you, it's awesome. So we're being blessed. We got new co-directors for our kids' ministry. Uh, there's probably some people unhappy, but there's way more people happy. So mm -hmm. I'm happy. But we're keeping going. And here's the thing. And I told them this uh, yesterday at church. Our goal is not to make some adults who are doing a bad job or adults that are not called to do a position to make them feel good about, you know, we're not going to sit there and keep you in a position just because you were always in it. You were always in it. And, and, you know, it feels good to be in it. Cause you feel like you're doing something like at, at, that's coming at the, at the, at the cost of our kids. So I'm supposed to make here, cause here's a decision I have to make either put the kids first and, and, and help them grow spiritually or hurt your feelings because you know what I'm saying? Right. Mm -hmm. Well, let me say this. We're not in the uh, people-pleasing business. No. Right? We're in the business of pleasing God. So, If you wanted to get, be in the people-pleasing business, you should be a manager at Marriott Hotels. Or Chick-fil-A because or Chick -fil <laughs> they are very pleasing. It is our pleasure to serve you. <laughs> and uh, that's where you should be because those people, are, are they please people all the time. The church, we're not here to please people. We're here to please God. Amen. And it sometimes will come at the cost of your being pleased. But guess what? come at the cost of your feelings. And here's the other thing, you know uh, – we wouldn't be here if what they were doing was working in the first place. Amen. Yeah. You know, the reason that we're here is because what they were doing wasn't working. They weren't bringing anybody. And we've allowed a lot of these people to uh, stay in their positions. But, you know, a year and a half later, uh, we're no better <clears throat> off in our kids' ministry. So it's time to make a lot of big changes. 
and, um, and I think put our that, kids first. I think kind of to piggyback off it a little bit, I think it, it was an easy decision because we've talked about in a previous podcast is uh, – Episode 11, I believe. This is what we're talking about. <laughs> I'll have to double check. But go ahead. I was going to say how we're always looking to change things yes. if they're not working. Yes. So, you know, just kind of – Everything be, we're everything we're everything we're speaking here, people is always be evolving. Every yeah, always be evolving. It's all full circle. So, we have a question today. No, I don't. Not yet. Okay. Here's your thing. How's youth doing? Really good. Wow. Explain that. Why is it doing good? How's it doing good? What's the purpose of well, it? Well, we've been averaging um, somewhere around thirty for the past three, four weeks now. Yep. Almost That's a month. Awesome. So, um, and th- this is like. Middle of COVID here too, so we Middle haven't been COVID. able we haven't been able to do like our typical events. We haven't been able to do. We're in the middle of a family. Yeah, so I mean, small town. We we haven't been able to do as much, much as we could be do. doing, yep. right? But and we're still hitting pretty good numbers. We've stayed consistent, so. and I that's what the youth need right now. Kids, everybody, that's what people need is consistency right now. And I think that's what we're doing right. Is you know we're here. We're, right. Our doors are open. Come in. Come hang out. Come hear about our father. Come hear all these things, and we're here for you. And we're if, staying connected. Yes, we oh, yeah. stay connected. If there's one that missed, hey, shoot them a text. Shoot them a Snapchat. Shoot them anything. Just right. always be there. Be consistent in their lives. And I think one thing we try to do anyway is when we have, you know, say 30 kids. We had 27 yesterday, I think. Yeah. Well, when we have that amount of kids, instead of, you know, sitting there rejoicing about it, Next week, we're asking, or this entire week, we're asking the question of who is missing, what can we do to make sure that we get yes, 30 kids next week? because what happens is people go, we had 40, then we're done. Like, yeah. We did a good job. We expect them to be there next week. It's yeah. consistency. Just keeping it, you know. Constant. constant. Simplicity and consistency. Yeah. We're yes. constant now. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. We had a busy day today, actually, because. Very busy day. So first Wednesday in September and the first Sunday in September, we are, are starting our, our kids' ministry. So we have been uh, – we had to add another room, Sunday school room, for our nursery children. And so we've been cleaning that out and making room for that. It's interesting because here at our church, we are working – because we're, we're growing at such a pace that we are just – we're working with a small area. Yeah. Right? Very small area. Like it's not like we have a bunch of areas and we can just – do whatever we want we're working with small areas and so we're having to all year and a half we've been having to knock walls down and we've been having to really think things through of where we're putting things and what makes more sense and you know decluttering you know i think i think i think today when we when we made this nurse this room in nursery i think today was probably the last like physical room that was empty it was the last room that was empty it was used as a storage room now it's not we have the other storage room with the tables. We still do, technically. Right. Here's the thing. That's going to be the next one we're going to go after. Yeah, we have if to. we have to. So it's it's interesting trying to fit people in these rooms, but we're doing it. We're making it work. And I've always said, as as God grows us, we'll adapt. Mm-hmm. Right? We're not going to allow we're not going to allow our space or our our own limits stop us from what God's doing. If God is saying, "Hey, I want to continue to expand this church," then we're going to make sure that we are in a position where he can. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's if God says it's going to rain, Abram, I'm going to bring my umbrella and get ready for it. So, and whenever that rains, it's going to happen. So we're that's all we're doing. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about our, the future of our kids. I'm excited to be also because we're starting a giving initiative. I don't know if I said this in the last podcast. We're starting a giving initiative for our parking lot. We're going to be adding another parking lot. We are growing in such dividends that it's exciting. 
dividends. And, wow, good, uh, good word. That was Thanks. a big word for you. I don't even know if I wrote. I don't even know if I use it in the right context. It's okay. It sounded good. We won't. We won't question it. We won't question it. What it means? Okay. Because she didn't go to math class. She actually wasn't wasn't a fan of math class. Well, I'm, probably why you're in ministry. <laughs> All right. um, we do have a couple questions today. I'm really excited. The very first question we're going to address, and it'll probably take us to the next <laughs> to the next half yeah. segment. So we'll just uh, pretty much answer fan questions today. Uh, if you have any questions that you want to submit, preachingyoung at gmail.com. Or, or you can just message us on our Facebook pages. You can message us on Instagram. If you follow us on Instagram, or maybe you just follow us on our YouTube, you can either leave comments on the on our YouTube videos or send us a message on YouTube, and uh, we'll get those um, pretty quickly. Well, however you send it to us, we'll answer it. And so today we're doing two YouTube questions from fans. Okay. First question of the day. Hey, preaching youngers. We gotta work on the name. I'm telling yeah. you, I think uh, I don't know. I don't. Well, well, that's another episode. We're gonna do a contest. I think. I, I think I already thought this too. We're gonna do a contest where we let, on the air let people come up with the name, and then whoever gets the best one, we'll give you free merch. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, free merch. All right, yeah. cool. Preaching young, preaching young merch, by the way. Uh, but the first question that we got was, "Hey, preaching youngins, last week you talked about going door to door." When I brought this up to my pastor, my pastor said it is unwise to go door to door during the season of COVID. What would the lost think of Christians at their doorstep when we should be taking precautions over this pandemic? What would you say to him? How would you respond? Um. Well, <laughs> you want to answer this? Are you passionate about this one? Go ahead. He's yelling into the mic. Go ahead. I would say, hey, I would say some unpleasant things. And then I would pray to God and say, God, let me apologize for what I just said to that man. I, where should we start? I don't even know where to start. Well, with this. just go back to the first part of the question. Here's the thing. What would you think about going door to door? I mean, so here's the thing. Here's the first question I would ask him. Do you believe that Jesus is returning soon? I guarantee he preaches every single day that Jesus is returning soon. If he preaches it, if he's preaching it, he either doesn't, and he tells you that what he just told you. If he's preaching it and he says, this is unwise to do this right now to share the gospel with people, he either doesn't believe what he's preaching or he just doesn't care. Okay, we actually just had something happen to us recently where the same kind of a discussion we're talking – well, it wasn't a discussion. They said the same sort of thing. We're trying to do this initiative to get the gospel to every home in Kentucky, but we were told just this week, wait till, wait till fall of 2021. I thought to myself, why in the world will we wait when we're sitting there preaching for people to get saved now because Jesus is returning and, and tomorrow's not promised? Here's the other thing. People are hurting. People are depressed. People are, 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 are filled with anxiety. People don't have hope for tomorrow. So why in the world would we not take this opportunity today, go up to people and say, hey, let me show, let me tell you about the hope that, you know, will surpass any any hope in the world, yep. right? Yep. I agree. Well what said. are your thoughts? No, well said. I think um, I have some more to say, but I'll, I'll let you chime in before I. I think you're exactly right. I think, continue. I think uh, you know, there's bigger issues in this world than you know, this world has a, has a bigger sin problem than a, than a virus problem or a pandemic problem or whatever 
you know, fill in the blank, whatever's happening, right? The CDC, we talked about this last podcast. The CDC just came out and said that young people who have died from suicides and drug overdoses have surpassed COVID-related deaths. Mm. And we know COVID-related deaths are most of them are false anyway. They're all false positives or whatever. So I'm just, <laughs> who knows what half of the people died from. A guy dies from, on a moral cycle accident. They say all of a sudden he had COVID. So I just want to let you know that, that that is up there. That's out there. You can look that up. Well, CDC. I, I'm going to share something I saw on Facebook a couple weeks ago. It said the biggest problem in the, in the U.S. right now or in the world right now is not dying from a virus, but the bigger biggest problem is dying without knowing Jesus. So. Uh, How does that answer? I'm trying question? to think who it was. I'm trying to think who it was. DL Moody. It was either DL Moody or it was one of these, you know, old school, back in the day, ancient pastors. But one of them said, mm. I have to figure out who that was. But one of them said that we people should be crawling over us, getting to hell. They should have to crawl over us. We should be. We should be fighting and doing everything we can to get people saved that people would have to be crawling over us just to get to hell. Like we have to get to a point in our, in our ministries and in our churches that we say enough is enough. Time's up. I'm not waiting for the church down the street. I'm not waiting for another Christian. I'm not waiting for, you know, uh, uh, some an event, an event, or, or or yeah. I'm not going to sit there and say church on Sundays enough, or our annual picnics enough, or this is what online services enough. We got to get past all this and say, you know what? At, at some point, I got to start sharing the gospel. And I'm not talking about going to overseas and sharing it with kids that you don't speak the same language. So I'm talking about talking to your neighbors, talking to people down the street of your church, because most of our churches are on streets where people don't attend church, right? The streets of our churches are some of the most unreached places in the world, and that doesn't make any sense to me. No. That doesn't make any sense to me. It's like the church goes, all right, where should we go out and, and witness the people? Yeah. Let's start go across, as far away as we can. Let's go to a Cincinnati where we're not even in, in Cincinnati. You know, So let's skip our, our county. Let's go to you know and do a ministry in Cincinnati. It doesn't make sense. We have to get to a point where we are sharing the gospel today right right we're looking for opportunities to share the gospel we're sharing the gospel when we go through the drive-thru we're sharing the gospel when people come to the church we share the gospel when we go out in our community and do prayer walks and things i, I don't understand why we're waiting right well that's the other thing i think people actually get like content with what they're doing like some people do stuff online and that's what they're content that's all they do some people just do some focus oh all, yes, almost, all churches almost all yes but all that's churches what they do. that's what they do the, the, the rare churches that aren't content are the ones that are running huge numbers. They're the yep. ones that are running five, six hundred thousands yeah. of people because they're not content and they're yeah. doing more and they're constantly looking at ways they yeah. can be creative. And they're we changed, can dog yeah. those mega churches all you want, but, they but they're do doing correct. something correct. Mm -hmm. They're doing something correct. And their their theology may be off. You know, you may disagree with some of their preaching, but their method to gaining people who are far from God to walk into their building it works. works. Yep. And for, <laughs> at some point as churches, we have to sit there and stop saying well, we're not a big church, or we're not this, or we're not we're not in the right location, or we're this. like somebody built the church right. Like somebody built your church right in the town that it's in for a reason yeah. because there were some people that wanted to have a church. So it's a dumb excuses to have any excuse at all, really. Yeah, but I do think. But go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're good. I do. I really <laughs> think people get content. get content, and it's it's like crazy like, and, it, and the pastors go well I'm, I'm preaching on sunday so uh you yeah. know i'm sharing the gospel every every sunday just gotta go on my website i always have technical difficulties but uh, <laughs> get out of there it really drives me up the wall and and at some and we have allowed these churches to do it i just go ahead 
I just saw an article. I got to find it. Uh, I just saw an article. This article is just like every other dumb article about pastors. Pastors are, we've, we've talked about this before. Pastors have a tendency to be a woe is me category in life. We It's a woe is me. Feel sorry for the pastor. The pastor's going through so much. The pastor, pray for your pastor. I hate these articles that they send out and all these pastors start to share it, you know, because because they want their congregation to feel sorry for them because they're working so hard. Like, here's the thing about being a pastor. It is the coolest job in the world. It's act the coolest like it. job yeah, in the act world. Like it. Act like right? it is. Yeah. We get to preach the gospel on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights for some of us. We get to sit there and 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 we get to spend the time and like we get paid to read the Bible and study the Bible. What? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, oh, but there's people involved, Abram. And like, what? Okay, like there's people involved with everything. And here's the other thing. Like, it's like part of the job is working with people. So if you don't like working with people or, or it's, uh, you know what I'm saying? You don't have a tough skin to deal with people who are going to complain. Like, that's what a pastor does. A, pound, a, pa a pastor's a counselor. A pastor's a, a uh, uh, he does, insert job, chauffeur, you know, a cook, uh, a counselor. They don't want you cooking. Uh, a grieving person. No, they don't. Uh, you know what I'm saying? A pastor does everything. So you have to understand that when you're going in there. If you're young and uh, you're having problems with uh you know, if you don't know if you're called to be a pastor, don't. If you're not called to be a pastor, don't be a pastor. These guys that are, are struggling are guys that I don't believe are called. Yeah. Otherwise, like, that calling is going to push you forward. You know, guys like Herschel York, who's been in the ministry for 30 years, they can sit there and they love what they're doing every Sunday. They love what they're doing every week because they're called to do it. My dad's been preaching at it for 20 years. And he's seeing the highs and lows of ministry. But guess what? On Sunday, he's going to preach and he's going to still be excited. Why? Because he's called to do it. I saw this stupid, stupid article, BaptistNews.com. Too many pastors are falling on their own swords. Starts out. This is what starts out. Well, I guess what I'm trying to say is I've been imagining killing myself. The pastor said, now here's something. I am not trying to make light of suicide or depression or suicidal thoughts. I understand it's a real thing. I understand people deal with depression. Sometimes the depression is not a um, just a, 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 you know, sometimes it has something to do with the way your, your brain's wired. So I'm not trying to make light of suicide thoughts. Here's what I'm trying. Here's what I want you to know. If you're a pastor dealing with suicidal thoughts, you do not need to be up on stage dealing with people all the time that are going to be upset or depressed themselves. And then try to preach the gospel, and then set you. You need to be preached to, right? Right. You need to. You need to be counseled. You need to be preached to. You need to be sitting there in the pew, sitting there soaking up the word of God every day, instead of you trying to be in a position where you're trying to lead a congregation or a group of people uh, that are dealing with similar situations. Right. If I can't preach effectively if I'm dealing with a sin in my life that's overtaking my life, I can't do it. Right. I can't. It, it clouds my judgment. It clouds how I preach to people. You know, I'll, I'll sit there and I'll be like, well, you're going through this problem. Well, guess what? I'm going through my problems, too. Like you can't have that as a pastor. You have to have a clear mind, a pure mind in order to be a pastor. You got to be called. It continued on, you know, because and, and they're right about this in the article. Pastors are leading anxious congregations amidst a pandemic, a hyper partisan culture, civil rights movement, an upcoming election that's destroying the lives of our pastors. It shouldn't be destroying the lives of the pastors. It is, right? This article is correct. It is destroying the lives of the pastors because it is a hard time to be a pastor, supposedly. When I see it, I go, this is the greatest time to be a pastor. This is the greatest time to be in ministry. Like, I grew up watching uh, 
Seventh Heaven, Preacher's Wives. I used to watch. I used, I've always loved preachers. I love watching preachers. I love seeing how they're dealt with situations. I've, you know, my dad's always been a preacher. I've just loved church. I've loved preachers. I've studied preachers my entire life of all ages, shapes, sizes, colors. I love pastors and what they do. And so when I'm sitting there growing up, I knew that they dealt with these type of situations. And I was like, listen, I'm called to do this. And I understand that there's going to be times where life's going astray and they're going wrong. I, I think I talked about this last podcast, but it didn't stop me. But back in the day, 1918, when there was plagues and all these different things, the, the bubonic plague back in the early something, 1500. <laughs> I don't know when that was. I don't know either, but here's my point. Who were the ones that had to take care of that situation? It was always the pastor. It was the priest. It was the guy that led the, the coffins to the grave. Like, this is what we are called to do. We're called to be there to, to lead a, a couple into their new chapter of their life and marriage. But we're also there to, to make sure that the, 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 the families are comforted in, the, in times of need, that people are, are, are counseled in their, in their worst and darkest moments. It is It should be a pastor's dream to be able to be in those relationships with people where you get to have those those moments with somebody and if you don't have a, a support system that you can go to that you can talk to about situations where you can vent about the situations uh, if you don't have that support system then yeah you're gonna sit there and have suicidal thoughts all the time and so instead of you sitting there sharing this article which of course here's the here's where it tells the, the congregation what to do um, first accept the, the fact that your church is not the church right the body of Christ here on earth is not Christ himself, right? The, like, if you think that, that your church is the only church and that it's Jesus' church and, like, like this is the, the be-all, end-all church and without this church, the this church, the like, we're not going to survive. Like, <laughs> the, the society's not going to survive without our church. You've already failed as a pastor, right? Get that out of your mindset. You're just a, a small little link into the big chain of, of, of what church is. Second, for this is for the congregation. Except that your pastor is a shepherd and not the shepherd. Hmm. Why in the world is the congregation thinking that you're the shepherd? Jesus Christ is the only shepherd. We're yeah. under shepherds. Why in the world do you? You're doing a, a terrible job of being a pastor if your congregation thinks that you're the shepherd. <laughs> Preach the gospel and stop telling about the Hebrew language and blah, 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 Greek Orthodox. Idiot. Fourth, the next six months. Here's my. Here's what I love. This is what I love. I love this one. And this is why every pastor is sharing this right now. The fourth one, for the next six months, this is they're talking to the congregation, commit to staying and being the best church member you can be. Don't leave our church. That's what it is. That's Don't just a desperate leave our cry. Church. <laughs> We're not doing night services and we, we can't meet together with our kids you know, because of, of this terrible pandemic. But don't leave our church and go to a church where you can grow and thrive and, and that's active and that your kids can learn something. I can't stand it. Can't stand it. it. Drives me nuts. Don't want to add something. I'm getting heated. Am I wrong on this? No, I think no, you're exactly right. No, I agree right. with yeah. everything you said. Are people going to get upset because they're like, Abram, you're being real harsh on pastors? No, I don't think so. Mm. I, here's the thing that the Bible teaches us. The Bible teaches us that pastors are going to be held to a higher standard because God has entrusted us with his people, with his flock. And so uh, if I'm going to be held to a higher standard, then I, I have to live to that standard, right? I have to be a, above and beyond the rest of everybody else because I'm not just a, a part of God's congregation. I am leading that congregation, right? So I have to make sure that, um, that I'm doing that to the best of my ability. And, and the first place you have to, 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 
to get to that point is you have to be called. Mm-hmm. And when you're called, right, mm-hmm. none of that stuff's going to bother you as much mm-hmm. as as, uh, as it's going to get you at a point where you're going to be wanting to kill yourself. If you're thinking about killing yourself as a pastor, quit. Like, nobody said you had to stay a pastor. Like, there's a million jobs that you can do that are going to relieve that pressure, right? Stop what you're doing. I'm saying if you have suicidal thoughts as a pastor today, you need to tell your deacons or your elder, however your church is set up, say, I'm having suicidal thoughts. I cannot do this right now. And you you get away from the church. There's a pastor in, in California. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But he took a sabbatical because he was having suicidal thoughts. Took a sabbatical for like six months, seven months, comes back, preaches two weeks. Two weeks he preaches. Couldn't take it. Kills himself after the second week. Right? Mm. Kills himself. Come, second this week, was recently, back. wasn't it? Yeah, a couple, yeah. couple years ago. Yeah. Uh, and, and it broke my heart because I thought to myself, why in the world did he think that he had to be there that Sunday? Like, why, who was sitting there telling him that he had to get up there and preach? Or else, you yeah. know, that that's the, the false theology of, of what we're teaching our churches of, of you know, you got to get up there and preach, even if you're sitting there dealing with your own problems. Mm. No, no, no. Get your problems figured out. Right. Take him to God. Do what you're preaching on Sunday morning. Right. You got to do it. You got to apply it for yourself. Pastors are the worst at preaching to the congregation when they should be preaching to themselves. And uh, we got to reverse that in our society, because when pastors think like that, because here, here's the thing about this, this question that you gave me, brother. Your pastor's sitting there worried about what lost people think about people sharing the gospel at their door, which if they're really that nervous about the pandemic, they wouldn't open the door anyway. Right. So it's really not a big deal. If they if they open the door, that means they're, they're somewhat okay with the virus. And then when you say, hey, can I pray with you or can I share about Jesus Christ, then they can make that decision on their own. No, it's kind of a bad time. Maybe come back after the pandemic. Uh and our, I'll tell you about our experiences because we've already done door-to-door and we're getting ready to do a door-to-door again this this Saturday. So I'm going to tell you about that experience. But um, what was I talking about? <laughs> Something. You're going to wrap it back up with the question, I think. Oh, so if, if he's sitting there going, you know, it's unwise to share the gospel at people's front doors, then you need to say, well, it, you know, it's unwise not to, to – um, what is it? Practice what you preach? Preach what you practice? Practice what you preach. Practice what you preach. Yeah. Have a sense of urgency. Yeah. So yeah. you need to go back to him and say, well, practice what you preach. You say you say tomorrow's not promised, and we need to share the gospel with people. You sit there and say, Jesus is returning soon. We may not have to fall 2021 right. to share the gospel with people. Because here's the thing. This virus is not going away. And so we have to make sure that this virus ain't going away. Right? The, the, the numbers keep going up. Testing keeps getting better. And... Uh, I think that's the biggest question that I've asked before, and I'll, I'll say it again. If if they're pre, if they're if they're not acting that way, then what are they telling other people to do? Like you know what I'm saying? If they're not doing it themselves, then why in the world do they are they telling other people to do it? Why are they why are they preaching it that way if they're not the ones doing and it? What do we do? What are we supposed to do? Right, and right. then don't go door to door. Okay, then what? <laughs> All right. Yeah. What what, what 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 do you want me to do? If it's unwise for me to share it at somebody's doorstep, then wouldn't it be unwise to share it at a restaurant or, or at a grocery mm. store? Yep. Like at this point, you're saying it's unwise to share the gospel yep. anywhere. Yep. Right. We went door to door. We So here's here's the great thing about our, our church. We have an outreach team, right? That's not waiting on the pastor to go door to door. They're already doing it. I, I didn't, They said, hey, we want to go door to door. I said, go ahead. You guys are, are more than capable of doing it. They trained. They went out. Uh, they're going door to door. 
It went out a couple of Saturdays ago and people, first off, tons of people opened their doors, right? One was a Wiccan. What? I don't know what that is. Go like ahead. A, like a wizard? No, they believe in like witchcraft, I think. It's weird stuff. Anyway. Oh. Google it. It's weird. <laughs> okay. One's, uh, but here's the thing. People were opening the door going, my goodness. Yeah. I need prayer. Life stinks right now. Yeah. Hmm. People, I, 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 all my friends hate my guts because I'm voting for a certain person or, or, you know, society is falling apart. I think the world is about to end, but I, you know, I don't know Jesus, but I do think the world's about to end. Because I don't know how we're going to sustain it, it ourselves. At least our nations are going to fall apart. Right. And then, then they're able to say, well, let me share about Jesus Christ real quick. And I think when you know your community and you know that they're hurting, I think it makes it 10 times easier to That's be like, the other big one we're too. going out and we're going to go pray for our community. We're going to be a light in our community because they need it. Yeah, and know your community. Our community here in Falmouth don't, doesn't treat the virus as serious as some of the uh, counties up north, right? Mm-hmm. Our cities up north. Uh, these guys are, are pretty much, they go to the store without masks. They don't really care too much. So... It's also for us, you know, people aren't, aren't that nervous about the virus. So it's not a can question. go to yeah. door. Yeah, Nobody's sitting it. there going, oh, my goodness. I'm going to call the health department because you came to my door. <laughs> Get out of freaking Dodge. Sick of it. Tell us how you really feel. Open up your churches. Go door to door. Share yeah. the gospel. Be active. Here's the funnier one. Be the church. Be the church. I beat you that one. You did. That was good. <laughs> I didn't even know what you were going to say, but I said it anyway. Be the church, man. Oh, Tell man. your pastor it's time to, to be the church. Let them listen to our podcast. And, then and do it. You got to actually do it. Call me or email me. Yes, you should. And, uh, well, tell me, email me personally. Just message me personally. I would love to have that conversation with your pastor. Because your pastor is either, either, either so nervous or he, or he's worried that it's going to fall on him. Mm. Right? And, and that's probably my biggest advice for you. You don't have to have your pastor's permission to go share yeah. the gospel. Nope. Go door to door and share it yourself. Say that All again right. for the people on the back. We're going <laughs> to take a quick break here, and uh, we'll be back with our second fan question of the day. Sit tight. Woo-woo! All right, we're back with Preaching Young, second half of our podcast here at Trinity Southern Baptist Church in Falmouth, Kentucky, population 2000. We just recently figured that out. <laughs> I'm pumped about it. Our county <laughs> runs... 15,000. We're at 2,000. It's not very many people, brother, but uh, we're doing great. We're at 10% capacity. No, we have 10% of the population yeah. <laughs> at yeah. our church on Sundays. Almost. We're almost there. Shooting pretty for big. 100. Shooting for, for, Shooting for, for 100. For, for 200. More. 100 more. Anyway, I don't know. No, like 100%. I don't Forget it. Uh, <laughs> I'm not good at math. You lost your I, oh I man! Yes, I should have found this yes. question, so y'all got to talk. Nope, Wait. found it. Don't have to say okay. Well, I'm calmed down. I'm from our last segment. He cooled it off. He uh, took, a, took a walk, and <laughs> it breaks my heart. The state of the churches. It mm. just breaks my heart, and I, I just feel like I feel like if it it has to break God's heart, right? It has to break God's heart, and at some point we have to get to a point where we are. Uh, repenting as churches, as pastors, as churches, we need to repent of our sins, right? We're always telling everyone else to repent of their sins, but it's time for the church to repent of its mm-hmm. sin. And uh, like God made us for today. Mm-hmm. He made us to be a church for today, not for 2021. 
we're not there yet. So I got to be know a tomorrow church today. Like, yeah. I got to be a church today, and I got to operate our church for today. And uh, we'll plan for tomorrow, but tomorrow's not promised. We preach this. We preach these things. Yep. And I've been saying this throughout the whole uh, COVID mess is for th- for 31 years, I've heard people preach the cer- certain things. God's there for you. God's going to protect you. God's there. He's going to give you peace. Mm-hmm. He's going to he's going to be there, for, you know. Receive him as your Lord and Savior. His grace will be great. You'll be forgiven. These are things that we believe, that we preach. And then as soon as COVID hit, those things all went out the window for some reason. And I think that's a worse thing for non-believers to see than anything, yep. which is, oh, I thought God was going to protect you guys. So why are you so nervous? Oh, I thought God was going to, you know, forgive you guys. So why you act like, you know, you're not forgiven? Hmm. You see, see my point? Yeah. So we have to repent of, of our sins as a church and as pastors, as church leaders, as minister leaders, uh, because we're doing this wrong. Not in 9-11, during 9-11, our churches saw a spike of people come into their churches. We didn't respond well then. Uh, and I said for years, I mean, all the way back to our last church, I was saying, you know, I feel like God's going to do something very similar very soon. I guess I was kind of prophetic, wasn't I? I should put it on YouTube and tell everybody my, my prophetic dream and that'll go viral it might but i said uh saying i said god's gonna do this i thought it was gonna look like 9 11 but here it is it's the virus and uh we're not responding any better so breaks my heart hmm. second question of the day uh this is, this is a heavy one this is a heavy loaded one and uh, we're gonna put this on Brittany because because she, she made these terrible comments right? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding no 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 i always tell people when people get upset with this, this person that's writing this question is, isn't upset, but when people get upset with uh, a comment or something that people say, that Christians say, the question I always say is, are they wrong? You know what I'm saying? You may not like to hear it, what they're saying. And they may have said it in a terrible, terrible way right. or in a mean way or in a, you know, they could have done Which it in a Which I nice was way. not <laughs> doing in any way. <laughs> but are they wrong? And I think if we, if you sit there and go, hmm. It hurt a little bit, but yeah, they're not wrong. I think you can get, kind of get to a, a better place. And I think that's where, you know, we water down a lot of things because we don't want people to get upset. But hmm. the reality is there's some things that the Bible is very clear on. And you have to be clear on it. <laughs> we have to be clear on it and we have to be consistent with it. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, uh, we're not consistent. Stand firm on the foundation. Here's a question. Has anyone ever talked to, to anyone that has had an abortion before they were saved? Right, because it's probably hard enough for some people who didn't have a choice, or you know, there's different situations that they didn't want to have the abortion. Maybe they were forced to by their parents or by their mm-hmm. uh, significant other, whoever it was. But you know, can we talk about the sorrow and pain that they have to deal with? Because here's what here's what they put. This is very good. Sometimes they don't feel like they deserve forgiveness mm-hmm. because they can't forgive themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was interesting because we don't talk about that very no, often. No, we don't. we don't. A lot of times we're, we're very forefront on, you know, don't have an abortion. Yeah. We also don't address, you the know, issues that the are issues of people that have already yeah. had an abortion or people that are have who don't think maybe it's even a big deal. Right. Yeah. And first off, I want to say if I did offend anybody for my comments last week, I'm going to stand by them, but I'm sorry if it came off the way that's hard. Were you wrong? Anyway, I was not wrong. So that's why no. I'm standing by the things that I said last week. But I will say, because I just feel like I just got out of college, all this stuff. And 
my whole college career, all it was was about pretty much like women's rights, abortion, all these things being shoved down people's throats. And to me, it was like, no, because I am a Christian. I know what Jesus did for me. I know what's next. I know that everybody's life is worth something. So that's why I feel so strongly about the subject like I do. And this and is what they're teaching this, our kids. They're teaching our kids this. Yes. Yeah, this, is, this is what they're indoctrinating Oh, we want to push our kids to go to college, but you're not there to see what your kids are going to be taught at college. Right. And I will speak that till the day that I die. When I went to college, there was times throughout my college career that I was like, whoa, this is crazy. This is not what the Bible says. This is not what Jesus wants. This is not all even what things. science says. Exactly. It's we're, just people's opinions. And that's what we're just, you're it's just, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's just opinions. Yeah. But anyway, that's a whole different topic. Sorry. <laughs> Next week, college. Yes. Talk about college. <laughs> okay. But honestly, yes, everybody has a past before they become a Christian. Everybody does. Everyone was centered. The Britney I am today is not the Britney I was before I was a Christian, oh, man. before you I should was have saved. met that Britney. Terrible. You thought oh, this yeah. one was bad. Bow, bow. So bad. <laughs> Yelling, <laughs> kicking, screaming. Oh, my all goodness. All the above. No. But in all seriousness, though, one person that comes to my mind when uh, the topic of abortion arises is Abby Johnson. If you don't know who that is, Whoa. that is the woman who worked for Planned Parenthood as like a director. And then she realized because she got put in the room one day to assist an abortion that it was hurting the baby, that she could see the baby's pain in that. And yes, it just, sorry, you have to watch that movie. It's just gut wrenching. It's unplanned. It's an awesome movie. And it's just a huge testimony of faith. It's a good quality movie. I, I'm sick of these Christian movies that suck. It actually it is, is really a good, good quality. Yeah. It is a good quality movie. But Abby Johnson. She's had an abortion, and she is a Christian today, and it's part of her testimony. So yeah. using what you have yeah. been through before you were a Christian, or even sometimes someone who says they are a Christian and they get an abortion, using what you've been through in life as a testimony can really create this huge movement like Abby Johnson has done with her unplanned movie. And you and can see the effects of it. You can help people realize like, hey, yeah, you may have had an abortion, but Jesus still loves you, yeah. and Jesus mm -hmm. wants you. He wants you to come to church. He wants you to have everlasting life. He wants all these things for you. And they'll be able to reach people that we can't. Yes, absolutely. Right? Yes, with a for story sure. That, you know, exactly. I was there. I've been there. I know the the, the after effects of it. That mm -hmm. nobody talk. Nobody talks about the mm -hmm. after effects of an abortion. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Ever. I've never just heard anybody. It. We yeah. just leave it yeah. at the surface level. We leave it there, and yeah. it's like. Okay. And that's what I love that this movie does is because it literally takes you step by step of how Abby Johnson became who she is today. And it shows all of it. It shows the abortion, it not shows her abortion, but it shows her going through the steps of getting abortion, all this stuff. She got the abortions and how she is today. She has a daughter. She, I mean, she has all these things. So when we talk about sin as general, I'm not even going to just talk about abortion right now. When we talk about sin, all sin is equal. As we know, all sin is equal. But when you are a Christian, you're trying not to sin. Live in it. Live in sin. Yeah. Because we're we're imperfect people. Yes. We all sin and fall short of glory. Yes. God. Every day. But but living in sin is a, is it's a, different yes. than it's different than yeah. We're you know, trying. A we're trying or, to be like Jesus every single yes. day of our lives, and that's what I want to leave. And if you have gotten an abortion and you're listening to this, um, one of my family members have actually gotten an abortion, and. I'm not trying to talk down to you or anything like that. You are still a worthy person. You're worthy. Jesus, actually, we're not worthy, but that's another thing. You are worthy. Jesus wants you, and you're still a good person. You just have to change. Like, if you're still going to go down the path you have to of— 
Well, you have a to repent. Yeah. You have to repent. You have to ask Sorry, for forgiveness. Thanks. And I'm going to tell you this. <laughs> this, this is even more thanks important. Thanks for picking me up. <laughs> this is more important. I get a little heated. Uh, that you going through the abortion process is taking a life. Yes. yes. Taking a life. Uh, we know that it's a life. You can do an ultrasound and see it's a life. We, we know the stages of babies. We also know that they get that they're hurt. They can experience, they can experience pain. Experience yeah. pain. We know all these things. It's all been scientifically done. It's ain't just me saying it as a pastor. Like we know these things are, are done. Yeah. Here's the thing that what what you have to understand if you've ever had an abortion previously, there has to be a grieving process that mm-hmm. takes place with that abortion. Even if you were for like I don't care what your viewpoint on, like you just lost a life mm-hmm. that was that was a part of you, right? And so. There has to be that grieving process, right? There has to be the, the, the if you don't grieve over because a lot of times we try to make abortion sound like it's, it's, it's not a human and that mm-hmm. it's, you know, just a thing. Yeah. And so then you can just move on with your life. You got the abortion, you move on in your life, continue on. You get right. back, go back to work. You don't tell anybody anyway because, you know, you're kind of ashamed of it or you do tell and you don't care. But but there's got to be a grieving process. Yeah. You know, you have to grieve just like you, you lost a, a close family member or someone you love. That, that grieving process has to be part of it. Uh, otherwise, you're going to live your entire life depressed or ashamed or, you know. Won't be able to forgive yourself. Won't be able to forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to grieve it. You have to ask God to forgive you and understand that God will forgive you. That's yeah. the great thing about God's grace. He'll forgive you yeah. no matter what you've done in the past. He'll forgive you. Doesn't mean we can do whatever we want in the future. Yeah. Yeah. But exactly. it, it does mean that starting right now, God will forgive that past and, and free you from that from that burden in your life. And I think, and I think to kind of tie up the end of her, the question um, where she said, you, you know, how do you forgive yourself? That kind of thing. I think once you understand that God forgives you, once yes. you understand nothing you've ever done or the abortion, whatever, whenever you've ever done sin, all sin included, once you realize that God's forgiven you for it, he separated you from that sin. Mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. that enables you to take the next step to forgive yourself. And there's going to be consequences that you have to deal with, right? Yeah. There's going to be, there may be medical consequences. There may be consequences relational wise with people uh, through it. There's always consequences to our sin, but when we're forgiven, you know, God's not going to hold that against us yeah. uh, when we come up to our judgment day. Exactly. Uh, he'll and we shouldn't hold sins. it against ourselves. Right. So yeah. We shouldn't hold it against ourselves. Now here's where, here's where the church needs to come in. Uh, this You've got to get involved in a church. You know, a church is going to sit there and be a great support system. Uh, especially when you share that t- testimony, right? When people and go to a church where you're allowed to share your testimony. Yeah. We, we, we had a moment last yet yeah, last night or two nights ago, I guess it's going to be by the time this podcast comes out, but on our Wednesday night service of sharing some of our miracles that God has done in our lives. And, and uh, once people hear those miracles that God has done in your life, I, there are some of them I'm like, I had no idea that you even had this problem or we're going through this problem. Yeah. Uh, but it's just amazing what God can do. And, for us, we can be a, that support system for you and help you grow and help you, you know, overcome that 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 shamefulness. Uh, because what what you see in churches is, once you start sharing your testimony, you're going to find out that there's a lot of people that yeah. actually are in similar situations or dealt with sins in their lives that they're not that they're not proud of. Uh, and you get to see how God has impacted right. their life. And like you said, like you said a little bit earlier, um, you know, use your story, use your testimony, mm-hmm. because you're going to be able to reach way more people than people have that it never happened to yeah. can reach, right? You're going to be able to reach those people, right? People exactly. have, have experienced with you experienced because like you said, there's a very high possibility that someone else has done it, has, has went through exactly what you've gone through or is going to go what you've gone through. Right. So sharing your testimony and proving 
are just sharing that God has has released it from you and you've you've turned your life around from it or you know whatever happened yeah. um, could be a huge testimony to someone else moving forward. Very good, thank y'all. And 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 know this: we're a few months away from an election. Yeah. Yeah. And that election is going to do a lot for this country. And I know everybody says this every election. This is the most important election ever. But really, this is the um, this is the turning. I call it a turning point election because this is going to turn one way or the other. Right. It's going to it's either going to go go. I don't know how it's going to turn out, to be honest with you, but it's going to go one way or another. Extreme and, opposites. <laughs> and they, yeah, it is extreme opposites. And um, one side is so upset with the other side that they're going to do everything they can to destroy the other side. I mean, it's just some scary stuff happening. And as a Christian, I'm not going to tell you who to vote for or what side to vote for. But I will tell you this. As a Christian, you better be researching the policies of the people that are going to be in office. Because mm -hmm. here's what I keep hearing from Christians, and it's driving me nuts. They keep saying, well, I don't, believe, I don't agree with the policies. But... I like that person or that person is going to unite us or that person like if you're if you're basing your your vote off of likability, uh, you're not you don't understand what uh, uh, electing a president means. Yeah, when's the last time you ever met a person, met a president in person and had the ability to talk to him and, you know, things like that <laughs> blows my mind. Okay, here's the thing we have to understand, you know. And, and don't take what the media says and say, well, this person said that like you got to actually do your research. Uh, when I, when because there's one candidate I won't even say his name old Joe but uh, <laughs> I I I've heard I've heard some of the stuff he said over the I'm biracial okay I was upset when I saw how George Floyd died I was upset it, it's a heart wrenching seeing somebody die even though he's strung up on drugs whatever else doesn't mean he should have to die right so I was upset about that not only that uh, I get even more upset when. I hear a guy like Joe Biden sit there and say all black people think alike and they don't have a diversity in thought like the Latino community. That breaks my heart. Like, that's a very racist comment to hear a Joe Biden say, you know what, if you don't vote for me, then you ain't black. Like that's a racist comment. And that's something that really hurts me because being biracial, I've heard that my entire life. You're either not black enough or white enough. And then here you have Joe Biden, the guy that's getting ready to become president, say those words. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So we're dealing with a weird election. I would also encourage you to see what their policies are because one guy in particular is, has been very clear about how he's going to treat the church. And, and his very first 100 days in, in office, he's going to make sure that 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 the church is, is going to really uh, we're going to be dealing with a lot of persecution in, in our in our society. And so I really encourage you to, to do these research over the next couple months. It, when they start doing debates in September, watch the debates, pay attention to the debates and don't listen to their both sides are going to do a lot of uh, picking and, and call, name calling and personal attacks on each other. Do not get uh, exhausted by that and caught up in it or, or caught up in it. Overlook that and sit there and go, all right, what are they going to do for America? What are they going to do for the church? What are they going to do for Christians? How is this going to affect me as a, as a Christian or in church? Right. You know, is my church going to get persecuted? And then you got to vote after that. I, 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 if you're just voting because one person is a lot more likable than the other, uh, you're wrong. Regardless of what side <laughs> it is, you're wrong. Yeah. And uh, we got to get past that. I think that's the best advice you could hear right there. Weird time to be alive in our society. I'll just say that. It's the weirdest time to be alive in our society. Uh, I've never in my lifetime 
I've seen everything hit at one time. And I know this election year, and that's probably one of the reasons why it all is hitting at the same time. But we're 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 frightened because of a pandemic that has a 99% survival rate. We are we are stressed over race relations, even though this is the greatest time to be a minority in America. Uh, I speak that from my own experience. I can go anywhere, do anything. I mean, there's not very many places where I can't go as a, as a biracial person or someone who's black. Uh, you know, we voted for Obama twice. You know, if Kamala Harrison said she's black, whatever. Like, there's a there's another there's a, a nominee that's a vice president who's black. Like, the, we're we're not. It's not like there's we're being held down or anything as a minority. But it's a weird time to be alive. Never seen it in my life. And so, as Christians. We have to put all that stuff to the side and put Christ first in our lives. Hmm. That was good. That was really good. That's all I got for today. That's true. I mean, that's, that's... y'all got anything else? No, not really. <laughs> that, that was uh, that was a lot to take. We're in, in this under construction <laughs> series in our church about family. I'll say this too before we get off here, and it is a. Um, I, I I knew it was going to be a good little sub first subject. First week was powerful. Very good sermon. Uh, this first no pressure. First, uh, yeah, you got a lot to live up to. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that, but but I will say that uh, you know families are hurting just as much as yeah. as anybody else, and um, there's a need for us to really focus on our families. And so as you go out this week, man, or this weekend, spend time with your family. Show them that you love them. Show them that you care. Show them that God loves them, even if you have. Uh, you know, issues with them, you know, be the Christian that God has called you to be. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. Lead your family. That's what you said last week. Right? Yeah. Be the example. Be the example. That's all I got. A good episode. This is Preaching Young. My name is Adam Crozier. My name is Brittany Fornash. My name is Andrew Baker. Preaching Young. Preaching Young. We're out. Hey guys, so we're so glad you joined us on today's episode. You can subscribe to the podcast on Spotify at Preaching Young or on YouTube at Abram Crozier Ministries. Also, you can send us all your questions and comments at preachingyoung at gmail.com. We thank you for listening. We hope to see you next time.